GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am, of course, LPJ, and I am joined by two people today who, I don't know, may have been replaced by robots. I'm not sure. We'll find out. Hovercraft Joe. Continuing to introduce me as a guest to the show. I've been on, like, I don't know. We've done over 200 episodes. I've been on the majority of them at this point. And still introduce me like I'm a guest on your show. I just want you to always feel welcome. (laughs) Anyways, go ahead. (laughs) Introduce Introduce our actual guest. Hey, Chase here. Thank you for having me as always. It is an honor and a pleasure as Abs- always. Absolutely. I, I love it. I love it when we have two two guests on. <laughs> I feel like it's funny because AJ's on and every time AJ's on, we're like, listen, next time we'll let you pick a movie. We'll do we'll do the movie you want. And then every time he's on, we're like, hey, we're doing this movie. <laughs> do you want to be on it? Although I will say this time we did give him a list of movies and he yeah. did pick this one. So it was a slight upgrade from normally just being like, hey, we're doing this trash movie. Do you want to be on it? So we're getting there. Baby steps. And I'm, I'm just happy to be here. I, <laughs> I mean, look, me in our defense, it was a list of like eight different shows he could have been on. There were eight That's options. True. Yes, we are trying to be more proactive about mm-hmm. it. We, me and LPJ discovered that it's a lot easier when we plan ahead yeah. and have like episodes planned for like two months out as opposed to trying and figure them out like every other week so and so we're gonna keep doing that and that's what we used to do you know prior to the pandemic that's what i used to have it all planned out months in advance and then uh you know the pandemic hit and uh shit hit the fan uh correct well so we're still uh smack dab in the middle of back to school month uh and tonight or today or whenever you're listening uh, we're here to talk about Spy Kids. Uh, this movie is released on March eighteenth, two thousand one. Uh, let's 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 talk about our kind of history of this movie. Uh, we'll start with you, AJ. Do you have any kind of history with Spy Kids? I feel like two things come to mind. One would be Mr. Robert, Mr. Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Appreciate the body of work for the most part. Um, so when we talk about the trilogy, is it the the Mexico trilogy, <clears throat> Desperado trilogy? What's like the formal title for the like the mariachi movies? Is there a formal? I think it's title just Mar- I think it's trilogy? just El Mariachi. It might El be mariachi. the El Mariachi trilogy, yeah, or something yeah. like that. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I like, definitely like the Mariachis. Like appreciate that. And him and Quentin were kind of the guys, right? Like kind of like the. Oh yeah. I don't want to say they like cracked the mold on the indie thing. Wasn't there something about like Mariachi was like 8K or something, and it oh, was something. able to be a fully fledged movie? Oh yeah, and it was yeah, like a yeah. big deal at the time, right? So like, definitely appreciate Robert, respect Robert for that. And then the Grindhouse thing, like him and Quentin doing their thing together, dig it. Uh, Sin City, really dig it. I think for a while, I, should, I say I think for a while, Sin City was like my number one. Like okay. when people were like, "What's your favorite movie?" I would say Sin City. I think as I've gotten older. Um, there's some things in it that I don't can't really find the words. You grow older, your taste change. Yes, right. simple enough. So I would not say it's my number one like any longer. But I remember like being in the theater and like the black and white and like the hints of color and stuff and like based off the graphic novels, really like felt like a comic book, right? Like felt like a graphic novel on the screen. Loved it. Like very big deal for me as a kid. Like not as a kid, as a teenager the relationship with cinema movies whatever you want to call it so yeah sin city love it had its time still has its time we grow we grow older our tastes change as we already addressed so yeah surprise since i have the relationship with robert that i hadn't seen spot kids yet though um and also like i feel like it was like 
I don't know. I don't know if it was like our age. I say our age, my age. I feel <laughs> like people in my age group like knew about Spy Kids, you know, or at least like mm-hmm. Antonio Banderas and like the cast. And then is it like Alexa? Alexa um, Vega, Pena Vega. Alexa Ve- and Pena Vega. So, so yeah, I feel like they were. Um, it looks like I no oh, longer Alexa. have access to your account. <laughs> Alexa, stop. <laughs> I'm trying to not have that happen again. Did you, you guys hear the, the Amazon I did. Absolutely. It was great. Okay. I wondered if that was going to happen at some point. Okay. Yeah. But but again, so in the generation that I'm in, I feel like people knew about some of the cast and it was a movie people talked about. So long way to way to say, I'm surprised I hadn't seen it yet. And I'm glad that I finally watched it. Uh, okay. Uh, I'll go next. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I knew these movies existed. I, this is my first viewing of it and I was kind of like, oh, well, but this movie came out in 2001. I mean, I was in college in 2001, so I can see that I wasn't, you know, in, you know, lining up to see Spy Kids, right? Like it's not a movie for me as a college kid, but you know, uh watched it for the first time last week uh definitely has some thoughts on it and i'm excited to talk about it. what about you uh lpj yeah i'm right with you i mean um you know i always been a robert robert rodriguez fan and i knew he had made this movie and i knew the story behind it that he wanted to make a kid's movie something that is that he had been making a bunch of movies that he kids his kids couldn't see and he wanted to show his kids his work and so that was sort of the motivating factor for him making this movie. So I, I understood that kind of background of it. Um, but I had no desire to see this at all when it came out. Like, it was just not for me. Um, so this is the first time I've seen it. Uh, this is even the first time I even gave it consideration of seeing it. And that was just because, you know, we brought it up on the podcast. Otherwise, I would have never watched this at any point. No. I kind of agree with you. Like, I mean, obviously we'll get into more of how we feel about it, but it's, if we hadn't decided to watch for the podcast, it definitely is not something that I ever would have just been like, okay, I'm going to watch spy kids as a 42 year old man. Like, you know, it's just how it is, but okay. Let's get into some of the numbers. This movie has a budget of $35 million, uh, a domestic gross of 112 and a worldwide of $147 million. So you can see why they ended up making a bunch of sequels to this. Um, and I was kind of surprised, actually, at the budget. I figured it might have even been a little... Because, I mean, it seemed like... I don't know. I guess it's hard to judge, like... Maybe as they go on further in the series, I've never seen any of the other ones. But I feel like... I thought the whole thing about these movies were that they were mainly, like... CGI, like, not practical, like, not shot right. on, like... But I, I don't feel like after watching this one, I'm like, well, no, I feel like there's a lot of like on set stuff with the with this one. So maybe that's further on in the series or maybe I'm thinking of that movie he made about like Shark Boy know, and Shark Lava Boy. Girl. Yeah, maybe <clears> I think that one was primarily done all digital. This was the last movie he made on uh, traditional film when he went to go okay. do this in post. He went to Skywalker Ranch and that's where George Lucas showed him digital filming. Uh, ah. And so the, everything after that was all digital, which which may lend to, you know, that whole story behind <clears throat> all the all the CGI stuff later on. But um, yeah, I always thought this was a much lower budget movie. You know, I didn't realize right. th- thirty five million is a lot in two thousand one for a kids movie specifically. Right, but I will say this: it does have a lot of known people in it so right. even if you're not paying them a ton of money like if you're paying all those people a little bit of money you know like i'm sure of that budget like 15 you know 10 15 is probably the cast don't you think sure i didn't even realize even all the, those people were in the movie yeah. i was surprised yeah there's yeah, a lot of definitely, little cameos right yeah, but i mean you can faces. see it's all people that are like buds sure. with robert rodriguez but anyways so it does make a lot of money you can see why they ended up making sequels to it for sure uh so the rotten tomatoes on this is 93 percent uh which is uh huge which is very good uh and obviously higher than uh beverly hills cop 3 which you remember is nine percent um and then kind of surprising so the 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 rotten tomatoes is 93 the audience score is 46 percent 
Um, that's kind of surprising to me. I didn't expect such a gap in between the two, you know? I guess I didn't expect the Rotten Tomatoes to be so high and the audience score to be so low. Like, they both kind of surprised me in a way. I thought maybe they'd both be more toward the middle. Yeah, I get that. I, I think from a critical standpoint, this is a very well-made movie, and it's got a lot of really good ideas in it, and I think overall it is kind of groundbreaking as far as kids' movies go, but the context of it, the actual material, is a kids' movie. So overall, I don't think it's going to play to a wide audience of Robert Rodriguez fans. I think I it's going to play kids, to kids' fans. And we've talked about many times on this podcast that we don't necessarily completely understand how the audience score is tabulated so i guess if you're asking a bunch of parents of kids they're gonna be (laughs) given a low score where you know if you're not asking the kids themselves so i guess that kind of makes sense now that we've talked it out a little bit right uh okay top grossing movies of 2001 uh the top three are harry potter and the sorcerer's stone uh, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, and Shrek. This movie, Spy Kids, comes in 17th in the domestic box office. Pretty impressive. Yep. Uh, other movies that we have covered uh, from 2001 on the podcast are number six, The Mummy Returns, number 14, The Fast and the Furious, uh, number 18, one of LPJ's all time favorites, Black Hawk Down, Gosh. and number 49, Exit Wounds, one of the first movies I did as a regular <laughs> guest on the podcast. <laughs> so, uh, let's talk about this cast that we've kind of uh, talked about a little bit already, but let's get into it a little bit more. We've talked about Alexa Peña Vega as Cameron Cortez and Daryl uh, Sabara as Juni Cortez. Yep. Uh, we also have Antonio Banderas, uh, Carla Gugino, Alan Cumming. Uh, LPJ's favorite, Tony Shalhoub, uh, Terry Hatcher, Cheech Marin, Robert Patrick, Danny Trejo. Uh, and that's, I mean, like, they also say that Mike Judge and Richard Linkletter are in it, you know, too. Right. But I, I guess I don't remember who they were in the movie. He's, uh, Mike Judge is, is Donegan. He's the, um, he's the one spy that gets caught and then you see him transform. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Clooney's in it as the one of the other, you know, like the head oh, of the CIA. Yeah, I, f- I forgot that uh, Clooney does show up at the end of it. Yeah, I didn't. Yep. Spoiler alert! I didn't look up his net worth, but I got a lot of net worths for you, so <laughs> I totally forgot. I totally forgot, and it's like he he has that fun scene where he has like the the black bar over uh-huh. his eyes, and then he like takes it down. <clears throat> uh, okay, so but no one else you want to mention before no, I get into you said the Danny networks. Trio, right? Of course, I said Danny. Okay. Danny Trejo. Yeah, no, that's it. I mean, that's really Machete. That's really every anybody worth mentioning. Is okay. this before or after Monk? This is uh, he filmed this, and then right after he filmed this, he got Monk. Okay. So Monk was like some, the next. Monk was the next year. So some might say this movie got him Monk. <clears> I'm maybe. saying it right now. <laughs> Uh, okay, great, you guys great show, by the way. Some... Maybe, maybe we'll do a monk podcast. I don't know. No, do, count me out on that. I've never seen one episode. It's going to be, gonna be uh, me and my brother. Uh, okay, you guys are ready to do some net worths. I got a bunch lined up, so we're going we're gonna to crank through them. Okay? All right, let's do it. Uh, we're starting off with Robert Patrick. He's got that sweet, sweet Terminator 2 money. What do you think, LBJ, for Robert Patrick? He's got that sweet, sweet Peacemaker money. Uh, I'm going to go. <laughs> oh, good one. I'll go $8 million. Okay. What do you think, AJ? Robert Patrick, for the science fiction genre, is it fair to peg for like science fiction? Like there's, a, there's a niche. He's got yeah, like, like science fiction action. Like there's a niche, and like he's been in stuff, right? Sure. Like yeah. we remember him from Judgment Day, but dude's been in probably way more stuff than I realize. Mm-hmm. Like for genre work, I like LPJ's guess at eight though. I feel like I always. I say I always like I'm always on the show. I feel like when I've been on before, I've had a tendency to overshoot. But also, like, it's, yeah, I'll keep the optimistic thing going, and I'll overshoot again, so I'll just say 10, a nice clean 10. 
close twelve million dollars hey. for Robert Patrick. Racking in that uh, peacemaker's really making him some making him some <laughs> dough. Next up, we got Donnie, D- Donnie, Danny Trejo. He's got that sweet, sweet book of Bobo Fat money. Uh, what do you think, AJ, for Danny Trejo? Dude. Danny, I feel not that it would. I shouldn't say that. Like, I know how going to conventions would affect someone's net worth or how much they would actually make at cons. But I feel like Danny showing up at cons, like, people probably shell out to get the pick with Danny, get the autograph from Danny. I, we can probably say that about anybody on this list, though. But I feel like <laughs> Danny in particular. Dude, Danny, what's that net worth look like? Fifty? I'll say right. fifty. What do you think, LPJ? He just had a book come out about okay. his life. He just had a documentary made about his life. He's got okay. that sweet, sweet Ben in every Quentin Tarantino movie and every Robert Rodriguez movie on Under the Sun. Okay. He's got that sweet, sweet flash money. Um, All right, we only need one sweet, sweet from you. <clears throat> I'm gonna go. I'll go thirty-five so, million. Uh, only eight million dollars oh, for Danny Trejo. You that's guys. a shame. Over. Overshot the moon. Uh, For sure. Next, next up, uh, we got Cheech Marin. He's got that sweet, sweet Nash Bridges money. Oh, what bastard. do you think, LPJ or Cheech Marin? He's got that sweet, sweet. Um, <laughs> what's that? Uh, what was that Disney movie based on Oliver? Oliver and Company. Is it that sweet, sweet Oliver and Company money? <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm gonna go twenty-five million. Okay. What do you think, AJ, for Cheech Marin? 40. Close. $30 million for Cheech Marin. All right. uh, Next up, we got Terry Hatcher. She's got that sweet, sweet Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman money. What do you think, AJ, for Terry Hatcher? And she was it Desperate Housewives? Desperate Mm -hmm. Housewives. She's got the sweet, sweet Desperate Housewives money, too. Desperate Housewives, I feel like for a time you were a big deal. I feel like people were watching. I never watch it. I can't pretend to know how many seasons it had. <laughs> I can't pretend to know TV money versus movie money. But Tara, I feel like there's got to be something there. And I'm going to shoot high again. This is probably going to be way too high. Oh, he's barking. I'm going to go 75 and me. <laughs> 75, he said. Okay. I'm going to go. Let's see. He's got that. She's got that sweet. Sweet Tomorrow Never Dies money. Uh, Ooh, good call. Thank you. I'm going to go, I'll go f- 45 million. So close. $50 million for <clears throat> Terry Hatcher. So, so close. All right. LPJ, starting with you, Tony Shalhoub. He's got that sweet, sweet wings money. What do you think for Tony Shalhoub? Ooh, Tony Shalhoub's got that sweet, sweet men in black money. Um Ooh. That's a that's a deep cut right there. Uh, I'm gonna go. I think he did pretty well for himself. I'm gonna go. I'll go 35 million. Is that TV money? 35 million. Okay. Okay. Uh, what do you think, AJ? Tony Shalhoub. Did my 75 for Terry come through? Or did the dog barking? Man, we uh, came you... through. We came through. <laughs> okay. Yes, we heard that. You just overshot. She only has 50. Okay, so like Terry, like you did the you did the TV thing. You only had 50. I'll go, LPJ, what did you just say for Tony? 35. I'll go 50 for Tony. $20 million for Tony Shalhoub. Apparently that monk money is not that good. Uh, Next up, Alan Cumming. He's got that sweet, sweet Nightcrawler money. What do you think, AJ, for Alan Cumming? Alan, it was weird to me because, like, I remember you as Nightcrawler, like Joe just pointed out. I pulled you up on letterbox and like the IMDBs and stuff. And you've been in like a lot of stuff, but I haven't seen that much of it, but I feel like the name Alan coming to me and like the face, it's very like recognizable. Maybe X two was just that big of a deal for me. Maybe Nightcrawler is just that cool of a character. Alan, I feel like you were busier than I expected. And I've been overshooting 80. I'm overshooting again, but I'll go 80 <laughs> for Alan. Okay, what do you think, uh, LPJ? He's got that sweet, sweet Goldeneye money. Um, that's right. That's right. Two Bonds, two Bond films, and one. <laughs> two Pierce Brosnan. Two Pierce Brosnan Bond Bonds. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go twelve million for him. 
only $5 million, guys, for Alan. I, I way overshot for Alan. You overshot the moon, but okay. Way overshot. <laughs> we are getting into the home stretch. Sorry, there's a lot of people in this. Next up, we got Carla Gugino. She's got that sweet, sweet aforementioned Sin City money. What do you think, LBJ, for Carla Gugino? She's got that sweet, sweet snake eyes money. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go. I'll go 20 million. Okay. What do you think, uh, AJ? Always, always overshooting. <laughs> 40. $14 million for Carla Gugino. Dude, it's, uh, it's a rough route here for actors and actresses, and I realize, obviously. Next up, Antonio Banderas. He's got that sweet, sweet aforementioned desperado money. What do you think, uh, AJ4, Antonio Banderas? He's Antonio, also got that sweet, sweet Zorro money. Antonio, you're like a. Is, is global. Is global fair, like global star? Oh, totally. Sure. Like, like Antonio's a big deal, right? Yep. I mean, so he might not if, be as a big a deal now, but he was a pretty big deal for a long time. Dude. If there was a time to overshoot and go for the moon, this is probably it. Okay. I'll, I'll just go a clean hundred. Okay. What do you think, LPJ? He's at the sweet, sweet puss in boots money. Uh, I'm going to go <laughs> 80 million. $50 million for Antonio Banderas. Uh, and finally, the last two, Daryl Sabara. He's got that sweet, sweet Spy Kids money. LPJ, what do you think for him? Uh, $500,000. Okay. Uh, what do you think, AJ? Does he have that sweet, sweet Green Inferno money? I have no idea. What, was, was that him in the Green Inferno, the Eli Roth flick with the cannibals? I don't know. I, I, can, I don't even only. know if he was in anything else after this. Okay. I'm I'm probably off on that if LPJ doesn't remember. But I'm I'm with LPJ. No, he was in he was in Green Inferno. Okay. Can I can I share a spoiler about Green Inferno? We're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that. <laughs> we're fine. Okay, we're we're not gonna spoil Green Inferno for people. But I'm impressed with myself that I remember that he was in that. I was I'm actually kind of impressed by that too. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. If I've impressed LPJ, I've done well. Um nah I'm I'm with LP so LBJ was five. Ah, uh, I'll go a mil. I'll go one mil. Five million dollars hey. for Dara Sabara. Stop lowballing him, guys. And finally, <laughs> the last one in this giant God, list. Still one more. Alex Pena Vega. How much do you think for her? She's got that sweet, sweet. Um, she was in Machete, I think. <laughs> Money, maybe. I don't know. She she was in something else. Um, what do you think? I don't know whose turn it is to go first. Oh, AJ. What do you think, AJ? Okay, so, dude, he, he has five mil. I'm, I'm obviously me and LPJ are both surprised. Um, and I'm not going to say the name of who we're talking about because I'm not going to activate the electronic <laughs> device in the in the house again. <laughs> but it's got to be higher than that. Uh, ten. Okay, what do you think, LPJ? She got that sweet, sweet married to Carlos Pena money. Um, I'm going to go, I'll go 12 million, $8 million. And that ends a super long round of net worth. <laughs> net worths are rough. Like yeah. for me as, as a, as a part of the podcast. Some, sometimes LPJ is like really on and like, yep. he'll get almost all of them right. Or like a couple million dollars <laughs> off. But that was not, it was, it was not, it's not my night guys. Not my night. Okay, so this movie, as we've discussed, is written and directed by Mr. Robert Rodriguez. Now, <laughs> the music on this. Uh, the, the, so the music, it says music by John Debney, Danny Elfman, Harry Gregson Williams, Los Lobos, and Robert Rodriguez. So that is quite a list of people doing the music for a soundtrack that didn't really stand out that out to me or stand out that much to me. Yeah. I, I think what happened was Robert Rodriguez had like favors to call in and he's like, I need a theme for this. I need a theme for this. I'll just grab these people that I know and see if they can throw me something. And then I'll fill in the rest of it when I go to editing. Cause he, Robert Rodriguez edited all of this at his house. <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, I'm sure he's what he has the music. 
Isn't that a thing like with all his movies? Doesn't yeah. he like edit them all himself? And not only that, he, well, he has like a state of the art editing studio at his house, but he also will take other movies uh, that he wants his kids to see, and he'll re-edit them so that they're cleaner versions for his kids to watch. He also, uh, from I watched an episode of the Chef's Show with uh, John Favreau, and he makes delicious pizzas at his uh, ranch. So there you Interesting. go. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Can I, can I share a note that I wrote down while yeah, I was viewing? Wouldn't it be funny if we were like, no, no, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're here to share notes. I appreciate it. Um, I won't go into spoilers because I'm sure we'll unpack the synopsis and characters later. But uh, I wrote down for a sequence in the film that this is nightmare fuel, and this feels <laughs> Danny Elfman-ish. Yeah. So I do wonder if I was right about Danny Elfman being included with the music during that particular scene that. I found to be nightmare foolish. <laughs> Probably. There were definitely some parts in here where you could, I could tell it was like, it was, it was, it had a very Danny Elfman sound to it. And I didn't look it up ahead of time. So I, it makes sense that he, yeah, I didn't know, I didn't know till today that he contributed music at all. So, yeah, but it sounded like he did. Um, okay. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, I had, there's one tagline and I thought I had it right in front of me. So hold on. Give me a second to scroll. I got it. I got it. The only tagline listed for this movie is real spies, only smaller. I remember that tagline. Actually, I remember that being in the commercials. Oh, you do? I do. It's weird. But yeah, I do remember that. It feels Uh, it feels more fair than some other taglines. Like for the movie being called Spy Kids, like there are kids in it that are spies. That's true. I, I yeah. will say we we sometimes go through these taglines and they are completely out in left field. So this one is actually fairly. Oh, you know what? I know why I remember the tagline. <clears throat> I used to work at the video store at this time when this came out on VHS, and um, it was in one of our like loops of of trailers and things we played. Uh, gotcha. What video store you work at? Entertainment Tonight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Doesn't exist. Like most sometime, video stories, it doesn't exist anymore. Sometime on the podcast, we'll talk about why he wasn't allowed to make cotton candy at Entertainment Tonight. But, you know or what? ask him in the Discord. Wrongly but, accused. You know. Wrongly accused. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a good Discord story. Uh, okay, anything either of you want to mention before we start talking about the plot of this movie? I wish we were a video podcast you guys could see I'm gesturing with two pieces of paper that are my notes in my hands right now. I'm good. Anything let's, you guys let's, want. let's roll into the plot. Let's get into, let's get into the plot. Okay. I'm, so ready. This movie, I'm ready to dive in. <laughs> all right. So this movie starts off. We're introduced to our main kids. Uh, Junie, the boy, he's got a lot of warts. Uh, like a lot of warts. Um, which, does, I mean, it kind of plays into it, but not really. I don't know. I guess, spoiler alert, at the end, he doesn't have warts anymore. Anyways. Um, it's such question. a weird thing to, con- to, 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 to have in the movie. Like, it's such a weird, weird yes. thing. Early question. Yes. Is it addressed like early in the film that the band-aids are warts? Like, did I miss that? Yeah. Yeah. Like the very, with the very first thing in the movie is like, you know, they zoom into the house and he's like in the bathroom, like putting the medicine and putting the band-aids on all of them. Okay. So apparently he has warts on every single one of his fingers. Okay. Cause I remember the band-aids. I must've, I don't know, man, I must've zoned out. I, I missed the fact that they were warts until later in the film when yeah. they reference them as warts, but p- please continue. Not trying to hijack. No, no worries. Uh, so uh, we're, we're, we're introduced to Carly Gugino. She tells a story uh, about, like, she's telling the daughter a story, like a bedtime story, and it's about, like, the spies that met and fell in love and got married. And what we can see and what the kids don't know is that it was Carly Gugino and Antonio Banderas that were these spies who got married and their wedding is apparently attacked by helicopters, and then they jump off, and they have heart parachutes. So, th- were they always planning on jumping off? Because why do they have the parachutes already, and why were they hearts? Because they're Anyways. spies, and they got to be prepared. Yeah, but they were hearts. Hey, it's a wedding. Okay, so then, like, they're so Antonio Banderas and her are still—they're not officially spies, but they're like still kind of doing spy work i don't know i was kind of confused they're not they're doing desk work okay they're not field agents and there's like a little bit they're talking about their kids their daughter's been skipping school two times a month and their son's been lying to him saying he has friends and he does not have any friends 
the kids are they make them like work out in the morning in some weird like jungle gym thing they have uh and i I think all these early scenes are kind of to, to show us that these the, the brother and sister they don't get along. Like you know, they're always kind of fighting with each other, and they're mm-hmm. not you know they're not a good team. She's um, really mean to him. Yeah, she's really mean to him, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I have an older brother, and I, I don't have a younger sibling, so I don't I don't know if that's what it's like. LPJ, were you that mean to Chops? To Chops? No, I, I wasn't mean what to my I? I wasn't mean to either of my siblings. All right, fair enough. Uh, okay. I have so, another question. Oh yeah, go ahead. So, when Carla is sharing the bedtime story, and it's about her and Antonio's history as spies, mm-hmm. should I have known at that point that like the kids were like, "This is BS," and not believing it, and thought that they were boring? Because in my mind, it's like they really are spies. So I was like, clearly, she's telling them well, the story of their lives. So it took me a little while to realize that like they were unaware. Yeah, see, I was confused. I was confused too at the very beginning. I thought it was like, "Oh, tell us your story again." Like they knew it was yeah. only a little bit into it. Then I realized I'm like, "Oh, that's just like she's telling a story," you know, and they have no idea that they're actually talking about. I think that Tony is. Benderis. I think that's more of a product of <clears throat> this movie being out and us knowing the premise of the movie prior to seeing it. That could be true. Yeah, that could be true. Yeah. Um, okay. So they drop the kids off at school. Uh, Antonio Banderas imagines beating up that kid's dad because both the kid and the dad are like incredibly rude. Like, <laughs> you should have beat that guy up. Uh, we're introduced to Mr. Flop. That is our friend Alan Cumming. He has a TV show that just seems freaking weird, right? Like, yeah. I guess, but I mean, Nightmare like, Fuel. I, I, yeah, and I'm kind of like, well, that show's really weird, but I guess, like, kids are into weird stuff like that, though, right? Like, it makes sense that kids would watch that show, right? Well, I mean, okay. Oh, boy. So if you look at kids' shows kind of in that era of, like, the early 2000s, you had stuff like Teletubbies and, um, um, oh, I can't think of it now. Uh I can't think of the name of it now, but you had Teletubbies and, and, and another one that I can't think of off the top of my head that were kind of trippy and weird sort of throwbacks to like the Sid and Marty Croft stuff from the seventies. Um, and that's kind of what this is. He's his character is essentially like, um, like Willy Wonka meets like Sid and Marty Croft, uh, you know, HR puff and stuff and stuff like that. Um, so I, you know, in that time frame, it made sense. In 2001, now, kids' shows aren't really like that at all. They're not really that strange. Um, or at least not this type of strange. Um, so, you know, it's definitely weird, but I think it's of that era. Oh, fair enough. So, Robert Patrick shows up. He's a bad guy, and he's looking for, like, Alan Cumming works for him, and he's supposed to be designing, like, weapons for him? He's Maybe. supposed to be designing an army for him, but essentially like a like a some kind of super soldier or some kind of army for him, for him to enact whatever evil plans that he has. But he's 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 designed other weapons for him in the past. Well, yeah, because he has these thumb thumbs, which are like thumbs that walk around like a thumb head and thumb arms and thumb legs, and they're robots. And then he also is like there's spies investigating him, and he's turning all the spies into mutants. And, like, their brains to mush, and I guess he's trying to steal their spy brains because his other thing is he's building these, the, F, the you know, title spy kids, which are, like, kid robots that you can make look like anyone, but the problem he's having is that they're dumb because they don't have spy knowledge. Am I, like, does this sound yeah, like I'm that's right. They don't right? have, they don't have, like, <laughs> any kind of personality. Like, he couldn't program that into them. They don't have brains. Yeah, essentially. Because right. so they show up and they beat up uh, the T one thousand and you know whatever. He's got to figure out how to get the brains. Uh, cut to Antonio Banderas and he kind of figures out that Flop is behind this, so he wants to go out in the field. He doesn't want Carla Gugino to go, but she convinces him. Which, by the way, I thought it was a little saucy. Like, what was she whispering in his ear when she convinced him to let him go? Oh, it was, was something like, good. Oh. Yeah, it was something good. Uh, so they're going to leave on the mission. Cheech Marin shows up. He's their quote-unquote uncle. He's going to look after the kids while they're gone. 
they leave on the mission. Their car turns into a submarine. They get briefed by Terry Hatcher, who works. What do they call their organ, organization? Is it like the OSS? OSS? Right. Uh, and, and so they're in the submarine car, but then it gets captured by a giant submarine. And then, so then the house gets attacked because they're already trying to capture the kids, I guess. Like, I was confused by that. They, you kind of figured out at the end or, or toward the end, <clears throat> they're looking for this thing called, it's like third brain. Third brain, the third yeah. brain, They're looking for the third brain. They know it's there at the house. They also want to take the kids as leverage so they can turn them into robots to then force Carlo Gugino and Antonio Banderas to give them the third brain. Gotcha. Yes, because they because the, the thumb thumbs show up at the house. They find out that Cheech Marin's not like their act, not their real uncle. He's just kind of assigned to protect them. Uh, he tells them that their parents are really spies. He sends them to the uh, the uh, da, 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 the safe house, yep. and he does tell them that the third brain lives. Um, they escape. Uh, they kind of shoot out the back of the house. Their house is on water, and they're in this like boat submarine thing. How did the bad guys already have boats waiting out there to chase them? I was surprised by that. They're spies. Spies are always prepared. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay. So the the sub boat thingy automatically takes him to the safe house. Uh, safe house is pretty cool. I like that thing that could like automatic or like magically the microwave that like magically made like a Big Mac and fries. Like that was kind of cool, right? Yeah, it was neat. It was very uh, very Star Trek replicator ish. <laughs> gotcha. Can we go have an episode <laughs> where you don't bring up Star Trek? Sphinx isn't even here, and I've done it. It's great. I know. I know. I hate it. Um. Uh, okay, Antonio Banderas and Carlo Gugino escape. They wander around the bad guy's hideout. Uh, they end up having dinner with Alan Cumming. Um, and this is where you find out that Antonio Banderas is part of a research team. They were trying to put together a compendium of spy knowledge, which I, I thought it was kind of weird that, like, Antonio Banderas is supposed to be a spy, but apparently he's also a scientist because he built this brain. Well, I didn't quite understand. I think he was the brain they were using to supply the third brain with spy knowledge. See, I did. I did not get that. I got he, at the end. I got at the end when they have to. Just, <clears throat> they're supposed to destroy him. They all have like their own different versions of the third brain, and he pretends to smash his, but he doesn't. Like as in, they had like eight people, and they're all working on their own versions of it. Is what it seemed like to me. Maybe, Maybe. I'm wrong, but I don't know because they had him. He was wearing with, a lab coat, right? But they had him with. The, well, he's in a lab. He wear a lab coat in lab. He had the suction cups on his head, and it was connected to the brain. I, I thought it was like like part of his super spy skill set was like super genius. Maybe I mean we do learn that his brother is like an inventor, so maybe it runs in the family. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, Alan Cumming turns Cheech Marin into one of his weird, like, mutant show creatures. Uh, Terry Hatcher comes to the escape safe house, uh, and they figure out that Flop is a bad guy, and they also figure out that Terry Hatcher is working for the bad guys, and they find that the third brain is hidden in the safe house. Um, also, like, I was really surprised because I thought it turns out it was just her hair, but I literally thought for a moment that, like, Terry Hatcher got her face burned off in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like, whoa, because there's, like, a, I don't know why. Like, this safe house has, like, a, a row of, like, 10 jetpacks for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why it has so many jetpacks. And also, I feel like uh, the girl, the, uh, I can't remember what her character name is, um, but she seems like, I don't know. And, and maybe it's because I'm dumb. Carmen. She, it seems like, what? Carmen. Carmen, I feel like it would be harder to figure out how to work a jetpack because she just straps it on and she's good to go. Like she figures out everything and how it works. I mean, I know it's a jetpack, but even the Rocketeer had some problems figuring out how to get it to go, you know, the first couple times. Right. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Uh, okay, so they they get back the third brain. She goes and picks up Junie. Um, she almost drops him. I thought he was going to die for a second. I'm like, oh, boy, this movie turned dark, but she saves him. Uh, and then they, they end up getting away from the thumbs with the uh, third brain. Then we get a weird musical number from Alan Cumming, which I, I didn't really like. Uh, Nightmare feel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it was, yeah. It, it felt like, because, yes. you know, you guys have seen the original Willy Wonka, and there's just a couple parts in it that are real kind of creepy and dark and haunting. and haunting. I feel like 
Robert Rodriguez said, let me take all those parts and just make that in a movie. Just the dark, creepy stuff. Let's just do that. Um, so, uh, the, the kids are kind of like hanging out now. Junie, uh, wants to destroy the third brain, but, uh, Carmen won't let him, uh, the robot kids show up and they look like them now and they have a fight. I thought it was weird that she like is trying to beat up the one and she like keeps punching it and like hurting her hand and like, obviously it's not working. And then she tries to headbutt it. Yeah. (laughs) I was, I was like, come on. And I thought Um, similar to like, you talked about the jet pack like blowing like flames into Terry Thatcher Thatcher's face. Like we would have thought that would have like killed her, you know, and not mm-hmm. just like took her hair off, especially like the people like punching robots and walls and stuff. It's like, man, I feel like you might break your hand. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. I feel, I feel like you're like, if you headbutt a robot, you're getting a concussion for sure. Yes. Um, okay. So this is, this is where I have the note that says, I thought Antonio Banderas is a spy, not a scientist. How is he building this brain? Anyways, LBJ thinks he wasn't building the brain. I think they all had different versions of the brain. Someone that's seen this movie more than once, so not any of us. Let us know what you think about that in the Discord, because I I think I'm right. Uh, He was supposed to destroy the brain, but he didn't. He kept it. So that's that. Uh, they go and they they find out that some of the spy gear they see that it says like mach- machete in, uh, enterprises or whatever on it. Yep. So they track they track it down and that's Danny Trejo playing machete, which is kind of funny because later he'll go on to be in two machete movies, which we haven't covered and I've never seen, but maybe we should sometime. Yeah, I think we should. Um, and it turns out that Danny Trejo is their uncle, their actual uncle. He's Antonio Banderas's brother, uh, but they had like a falling out because. Danny Trejo made spy gear, but he made it for good guys and bad guys. Is that like where they're? Yeah, essentially. Yeah, he just he's just a supplier of spy equipment to whoever needs it, regardless of what side they're on. Okay, uh, and this is also where we find out that Tony Shalhoub, who plays Minion, ends up being like the real bad guy because uh, Alan Cumming was kind of like, eh, he didn't really want to be a bad guy. He's more interested in having a popular kids show. <laughs> so uh Danny Danny Trejo doesn't won't go with him to help him. He lets him stay at his place. I was confused because he showed him the plane and I was like, oh, he wants him to take the plane, but then they end up stealing the plane and he seems surprised that they took it. I don't know. That whole sequence kind of threw me for a loop. I was because I thought he was showing him the plane to be like, hey, take this plane and it'll get you there. But then they steal the plane like a scene later. So I don't know. That whole thing kind of I think it was, I don't know, I think he did want them to take it, but he didn't want to tell them, because he smiles when they fly away. Okay, all right, well, because he's sleeping, and they steal a bunch of equipment in the plane, and they take off. Uh, The plane ends up crashing, but they still make it to uh, Flop's castle. Uh, We see all the, because they have the third brain now, so we see all the robot kids getting the brains, and they're like copies, like, this one's the president's kid, and this one's the prime minister's kid, and because they can make them look like anybody. Right. Um, And then I was confused, because there's a scene where the thumbs are chasing the the two spy kids, Junie and Carmen, And, and earlier in the movie... When Carla Gugino and Antonio Benders are walking around, we established that there's like it looks like the floor falls away, but it was like a fake. It's just like it, there, you just know, like it's an like, illusion. Oh, but then she actually falls through the floor. <laughs> yeah, it and was I, weird. So I was confused because I was like, oh, I thought that was fake, and then she actually falls through it. So I don't know. I was also confused as to why Junie at this point is still carrying around his like flop action figure with him. Um, because, like, that's the thing about his character is, like, oh, he's kind of, like, you know, he's, like, a, a loner and he doesn't have friends and he's, like, really into the show and drawing and he's got, like, all the, the toys for the flop show and Antonio Banderas doesn't like it. You know, it's kind of, you know, part of the blah, blah, blah. Uh, also, this is where we find out Antonio Banderas is, like, oh, yeah, I remember Minion. He was part of the Third Brain Project. Uh, but Antonio Banderas got him thrown out. Because of reasons. I don't remember. what. They yeah, said. it was something. I don't even remember what they said about it. It was just and it was weird, though, because they had the whole like did they, sh- they didn't show him in that scene where they were all working on it. Right. They didn't show him the first time they showed it. But when he's like, oh, yeah, you were there. They sh- reshow the same scene and oh, show like a different part right. of it. You can yeah. see he's there. Right. right. There's so a flashback. It's, it's like a reveal. 
Um, yeah. Okay, uh, back to Terry Hatcher. This is where we find out that her hair is all effed up, which is like, I get it. It's for comedy reasons that she has like a couple pieces of hair, but it's like if that was in real life, you would shave it and get like a wig or something. Yeah. You wouldn't You wouldn't have like three long things of hair like hanging out your bald head. No. But. This, this movie does lean real heavy into it being a kid's movie. There's a lot of stuff like that, a lot of kind of nonsensical kid jokes, stuff. You know, yeah, and I mean, I get it. I get it. I had to keep reminding myself sometimes where I'm like, okay, this is a kid's movie, and it is kind of hard sometimes, especially, and I don't, I'm not going to get too much into this because I'll talk about it when we give our r- reviews, but, like, it's hard sometimes your first viewing of a movie made for children as a 42-year-old man like I am. Right. You know, like, I had to kind of remember that. So, We're not anyways, the demographic. We're definitely right, not the exactly. demographic. Uh, so uh, Junie goes into the VR room, which is where they had Flop, uh, and he convinces Flop to help them. I'm pretty sure his um, name's Floop, by the way. Oh yeah, why do I keep? I think I knew it. I know it's Floop. How long have I been saying Flop? The entire episode, the whole time. Oh, well, <laughs> thanks, thanks for correcting me when I have like five notes left to go through for the. Plot. It's fine. We're good. It's all fine. All right. So Antonio ben- Antonio Banderas gets turned into a mutant. Uh, they let Carla Gugina out of her cell. Uh, and then, like, Floop is like, oh, yeah, P.S., I know how to reverse this. So, like, Antonio Banderas is not a mutant any longer. Uh, but they turn uh, Tony Shalhoub into a mutant. It's a really gnarly-looking mutant. Yeah. Like, he's got, like, like four – like, talk about nightmare fuel. Like, he's got, like, weird hands, and he's got, like, four or five faces coming out of his head. Like, I feel like if you were a real little kid, that might freak you out. Yeah, totally. It, it, it had a real, it had a real killer clowns vibe to it. Like this whole movie, all those weird flugels had a, had a real demonic kind of, just horrific. They were gross. They were real unpleasant to see. Um, oh, like when LPJ was talking about earlier, how maybe there was like Teletubbies at a time, and I think that was a little bit like after for me so i was like more like teenager and was like dude this teletubby stuff is like way out there for me and it's giving me the creeps now being like 33 going on 34 and watching this these things still gave me the creeps not like i mean teletubbies (laughs) still do but like the the mutants that we're talking about like the spies that have been mutated yeah i'm totally with you guys like again nightmare feel like very creepy very (laughs) disturbing agreed um so the parents get captured by the robot duplicates of the kids. Uh, the kids have another fight with the robot versions of themselves. I did think it was kind of funny, though, when the one punches the wall and she's, like, telling, like, uh, I can't remember the exact quote, but she's telling Junie that he's like, oh, you're strong, you can do this, whatever, and he, like, punt, tries to punch the wall himself, and she's like, you're not that strong, uh-huh. or whatever. <laughs> that uh, that was a genuine laugh for me. Um so uh, they're they're cornered. The the kids and the the parents are cornered by like all the five hundred versions of the robots. Uh, Danny Trejo shows up at the last minute. He like busts through the window and he's like, "I'm Danny Trejo. I'm here to help." And they're gonna fight as a family. Uh, that's kind of funny when they're like, "Okay, you take the hundred over here, and you take the hundred over here." But then just when all seems lost, Floop teaches the kids to be good, and they never really quite explain how he does that. Yeah. He, he just does. He teaches the kids to be good. So the robots start beating up the bad guys. Um, then, then we cut to them. They're back at home. We see a news report how, like, all these mysterious kids have been performing good acts around the world, like saving people and stuff. So it's like, I guess the robot kids are just randomly out there saving people, doing good. Uh, Junie's warts are gone. Um, this is when we get the George Clooney cameo, and that is kind of a funny bit where he's like, oh, we need the uh, the Cortez. Is that their last name? Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, well, we're retired. And he's like, nah, I'm actually talking to your kids. <laughs> like, right. that part's kind of funny. But then they're like, hey, no, we're going to do this mission as a family. So apparently they're like one big happy spy family now. And, you know, I've never seen any of the sequels, so I don't know what goes on. But we've reached the end of the original Spy Kids. <sighs> I feel like that movie had a lot in it, right? Like, it's definitely, there's a lot uh, to it. Yeah, and I mean, it's packed into like an hour and 40 minutes maybe or something. Right. It's not it's not that long of a movie, but it's definitely, um, not to get too much into like, you know, what I'm going to say when, I, when we rate this, but you can definitely tell that like 
it's a kids movie made by a skilled filmmaker with a very specific vision right yeah. like like you can tell that you know like for better or worse robert rodriguez made the movie he wants to make and like you can tell that it's like okay i know what i'm doing it has a vision so like but yeah there's a lot going on it i'll agree there's a lot of ideas like a lot of stuff is being thrown out there and some of it works and some of it is kind of like well maybe that didn't need to be in there but uh, do you have any roll reversals? I do. <clears throat> Initially, um, this was Kelly Preston was in the role that Carla Gugino took, but she had just given birth and couldn't fulfill, you know, her acting couldn't couldn't fulfill the the duties of acting for this particular movie. So Carla Gugino took over. Uh, Angie Harmon was at one point considered for the role of Ingrid. Um, but she was on Law and Order, and they wouldn't let her actually be in the movie. Um, <laughs> the other thing I had was, uh, oh, uh, for Carmen, uh, Brie Larson and Elizabeth Olsen were both okay. uh, auditioned for the role. Um, you know, it, it was fine. I think any of them would have been fine. I think you could have plugged any kid in, and it would have been fine. I think the kids do the kid actors do a really yeah, good job in this movie, though. Um, yeah, I don't really have uh, anything else as far as like really interesting notes. I mean, there wasn't a ton of stuff I could find, you know, behind the scenes. It was Robert Rodriguez's first PG movie, which you know makes sense. Sure. Um, Nothing super really interesting, uh, to be honest with you. We can just get to writing it. All right. Well, then let's do it. All right, AJ, you are the guest. You get to either rate it first, second, third. How you want to do it? I'm going to go third. All right. I'm going to let the professionals go first. Uh, Joe, do you want to go first? Do you want to go second? Why don't you go first? I feel like you never go first. I don't usually. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. Like, This is definitely a kid's movie made by a director with a very specific point of view. Um, I, I, I get the feeling you would get the same kind of, not the same movie, but you'd get the same feeling if someone like, you know, like, like Sam Raimi made a kid's movie. You'd mm-hmm. get a very similar kid's movie made by a, a director with a very specific point of view. You know, yeah. Not like not like not like what Spielberg would do. You know, Spielberg makes kind of broad-based kids movies when he makes kids movies. These are very specific, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's a good thing. Um, this is kind of weird. This movie is strange. It definitely has a lot going for it in insofar as the way the film's made and the production mm-hmm. value and. Um, a lot of it holds up, like even the CGI, a lot of it does hold up pretty well for being 2001 and for having it, you know, having Robert Rodriguez editing this thing in his, you know, at his house. Um, it holds up pretty well visually for being yeah. 2001. Well, I mean, you say his house, like it's like, it was, you know, like your house or something. He no, has like, he's you know, very a, he's nice right, equipment right. and studio at his house. But anyways, right. but he's, ahead. you know, but he's sitting doing it by himself. Essentially. He doesn't right, have right, like, right. you know, all these other tools with him. Um, I guess from a kid, I don't know. I didn't have my kids watch this movie, so I don't know what they would have thought of it. I don't know that they necessarily would like this. I think it was slow in parts. Um, mm-hmm. even though it is only a hundred or 88 minutes long, you know, it's less than, less than an hour and a half. I don't know. It, it just felt, I don't know. I <laughs> Man, think I'm just not really... the target demographic is what it yeah, really okay. is boiling down to. Yeah. So for me to sit and watch this movie, I would give it two and a half machine guns. I don't know what a kid would write this. I don't know if a kid would write it like a critic would. Um, but for me, two and a half machine guns. No, nah, you know okay. what? I'll give it no two and a half. I'll give it two and a half machine guns. Okay. Um, yeah, I I think you kind of you know talked out some of the some of my feelings on this. Like I I appreciate this movie, 
for a couple of reasons. One, as I already stated, like it, it's it's a clear that Robert Rodriguez made this movie and had a vision and he did what he wanted to do. And you can tell from start to finish that it's a Robert Rodriguez movie. Uh, I appreciate that it's, you know, kind of a, a, a kid's movie that would end up being a franchise. But at this like with the with a unique take, you know, like it's it's it had it does a good job. Like this sounds crazy for a kid's movie, but it does a good job world building, you know, kind of setting. And like you can see how there's more movies set in this franchise. So I respect all that. But as we said, we're not the target demographic. So at certain points, I was kind of like, all right, this is a bit much like it's kind of like all over, you know, like. It was an assault on my <laughs> senses in a way, um, but like I, I'm kind of torn. But I think I'm going to go with you and kind of write down the middle of 2.5 because I respect a lot about the movie, and but it just wasn't for me. But I don't think it was a bad movie. But I, I wouldn't ever watch it again. But I would be kind of curious to watch the sequels. Anyways, I'm going to go with two and a half machine guns. What do you think, uh, AJ? I uh, I'll say out the gate. I also am going to give it two and a half. So, okay. and I feel <clears throat> to say I feel validated might be aggressive, <laughs> but it feels good that we're all in agreement. Um, yeah, I will say that I feel validated. And the things that you guys shared about it, as far as like the positives and the negatives, you know, there's a lot of similarities to try and share some like opinions. I don't know. Cause like, we talked about like the demographic thing. Maybe it's just like getting older in general. You know, mm -hmm. like, and like nostalgia goggles are a thing, right? So I, I don't know, like maybe like when I was a kid, like Cujo was like super scary. And then like, I watched Cujo when I got older and like, it's not, I'm not gonna say it's bad. Like it's decent, but it's not like scary, scary, you know? So how much stuff is there that like you watched when you were a kid and it was terrifying. And then you watch it as an adult and you're like, how was this scary? You know? how yeah. much stuff out there like and um let, let, let's say three ninjas when i was a kid three ninjas was like the movie i was like dude like this stuff is like so cool man um but or like beverly hills ninja like i thought it was super funny and that one probably still holds up like chris probably <laughs> was like a, a goat tier comedic actor like r.i.p but you guys know what i'm trying to get at you yeah. know to just reinforce like we talked about like nostalgia goggles are a thing if a kid watched this and had a good time robert obviously like you're trying to be a good father and that's like maybe the most respectful thing ever you know um so yeah and i think joe was saying that too it's like the vision was there the intent was there and we appreciate that and we respect that so yeah like you you get older you know so me at this current stage of my life did it drag at points like you guys pointed out absolutely was it rough at points absolutely did the mutants give me the creeps and i thought they were really scary similar to the teletubbies for sure but if there's some kid out there that watches and had a good time that's all that matters right and again like we touched on i'm i'm not a tastemaker i don't determine what's cool and in 2001 i don't think i was determining what was cool you know and um and with, i don't remember what joe said it was top 20 at the box office that year right 17 right and, and, yeah, yeah. And, and what did you yeah. say like one was like Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. Is that like the mm -hmm. start of the yep. French? Yep. Okay. So like somewhat kid directed, right? I don't sure. know what we call that kid movie. Yeah. Um, and then like Shrek was Shrek three. Yep. Or like was, close yeah. to it. So like, and I mean, I still rock with Shrek heavy. I think Shrek's <laughs> awesome still. Um, but again, how much is that nostalgia goggles? Right. And like, I watch Shrek now and it still makes me laugh like that. Cause I enjoyed it as a kid. Uh, so yeah, like there was a time like kids were digging it and that's all that matters. So, but, uh, to you guys' point and to try and wrap it up, like right down the middle, two and a half machine guns, one to 10 scale, like it's a five, you know, like there's good, there's bad and it's a movie and it's okay to just be a movie, you know, mm -hmm. like there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I'm curious what my what? kids would think about it. Well, I, it, what I'd be interested in, this is something maybe the discord can help us with is like we all said that this is not a movie we watched, you know, like we have no nostalgia for this movie. We all watched it cold first time. I'm curious if there's someone on the discord who like, I saw this movie when I was 12 or 13 and like, I saw it all the time and we had it on DVD and we watched, you know, like I'm curious somebody, you know, with the nostalgia, like how they would feel about it now. So if you're someone like that and you're on the discord, let us know, like, 
oh yeah, this movie is still like it for me. Cause I, like I said, I think maybe if it's something you watch and you were into as a kid, like maybe it, it that's stuff's weird because like, this is a weird specific example. I never saw space jam when I was a kid. Okay. Because it came out in a time, you know, whatever it's like 94, 95, I wasn't seeing it. I work with a lot of people who are like a decade younger than me. They worship at the altar of space jam. And I'm like, that movie is awful like i watched it like a couple years ago i'm like it is so bad but like it is crazy like aj was saying what nostalgia can do because people will be like oh yeah space jam is great and it is not i'm here to tell you you guys can give me all the shit you want on the discord space jam is terrible so i it is crazy what nostalgia can do for your brain and, and make you like love a movie that is no good and i and listen i know there's movies where i have the same the same thing where they're just like i'm like no this movie is great because i watch it so much although sometimes i mean a, a side kind of note of this podcast is sometimes it ruins that like i remember loving dick tracy so much as a kid and then we watch it for the podcast and i was like oh boy there's a lot more musical numbers than i remember in this so sometimes this podcast ruins us but sometimes robin hood prince of thieves still great anyways that's a long thing to say that basically like aj and like we've all said is nostalgia is super powerful so i i would be curious about someone who this was their kid movie that they watched as a kid how they feel about it today sorry that was long-winded i hope no that made I, sense. no it was good it made <laughs> sense and i agree that's that's definitely a good question to put out there for discord yeah i loved it and i feel like especially for like talking about discussing this movie in particular in my opinion that's like a really nice like capstone like summary of it so joe i think that you did an excellent job i yep. think it totally made sense and <laughs> i did listening to it thanks this month has been tough because we're watching all these kids movies so it's like initially you just want to be like dodd's trash because it's a kid's movie but like it's almost like there's kind of like a different scale to like think about it yeah all right well uh anything else you guys want to bring up about this movie or do we think we think we put a button on it pretty good here i i'm good i got everything out i'll 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 share like one more thing because I appreciate Joe bringing up Space Jam. I remember <laughs> when, and maybe this isn't the best example, like Space Jam and New Legacy, like the new Space Jam right. came out. And that was one where like HBO Max had some of the theatrical stuff like straight mm -hmm. to the streaming platform. And I remember watching it and I was like, I tried to go into it with that lens of like, this isn't for me, mm -hmm. right? Like it's supposed to be a kid's movie, right? And I don't know, man, like a lot of the hate on the internet or people that were disappointed in it or their opinions. I was like, but like, were you the people that Joe's referring to that grew up and like you're my age now with the original? Because if if that was you, this isn't for you, right? Like it's a movie like for kids. Right. Um, so again, to give Joe credit for being much more articulate than I was, I think he makes a great point. You know, like some movies are for some people, some movies are for some <laughs> other people. And that's okay. To, to your point for Space Jam, a new legacy, uh, I could give you two two viewpoints. My six-year-old watched it, and my 11-year-old watched it, and they both enjoyed it. I watched it, and I thought it was unwatchable. It is so bad. It is such a <laughs> terrible movie. Like, it's not even well-made, I don't think. Well, and, and this is, you know, what we, we're, we're belaboring the point of this, but I'll make one last example. It's almost like, if you think about the original Star Wars trilogy and the prequel trilogy, yeah. like so many people saw the prequel trilogy and were like, this is trash. But if you were like somewhere between 10, you know, five and 12 or whatever, when you saw that, like you were like, this is the greatest thing ever. And that's why there's so many people at this point in time that are like such lovers of the prequels. I, I, that's the way with any movie. There's people that like are like Andrew Garfield is my favorite Spider-Man. His movies are the best. It's because they saw those amazing Spider-Man movies at the right age that they're just like, mm -hmm. those are them. Those that you know. So it, it, again, I think it's just when you see a movie, it locks in your brain if you're the right age, and it's like there's nothing that can change your mind about it. That's true. That's fair. Absolutely. I feel that I feel that way about MacGyver. <laughs> yeah, I know. You How do. so? Uh, oh, I could. I could sit and watch MacGyver all day long, unapologetically, and quote it and love it. But opt but 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 realistically, there's a lot of clunkers in that series. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. All right. Well. Anyway. Uh, yes. Okay. 
All right. Well, um, uh, where was that? Oh, sorry. AJ, anything you want to plug? Um, not that comes to mind. I, I appreciate you guys having me on as always. Um, just, uh, hope who's ever listening to this, whenever they listen to it, that, that they're doing well. Just, just wish the best for everybody out there on the airwaves. That's a good sentiment. It is. Yeah. All right. And, and thank you for joining us and thanks for listening. Yep. Why don't we ever say anything nice like that, LBJ? I don't know, because I'm too preoccupied being a, being a dick to people. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of which, need- <laughs> uh, if, if you want to absorb some of my hate or some of AJ's love, you can join us on uh, Discord. So go to GameZillaMedia.com, scroll to the page, Sort of the bottom of the page, hit that Discord link, and you can chat with us, and you can tell us, you know, all your nostalgic feels about this movie, or, you know, your hate for this movie, um, right. and let us know. And I will say, there's been quite, like, I feel like there's been so much discussion about the Power Rangers on the on our Discord since that Power Rangers episode came out. Yes. And I'm, like, having, like, I'm, like, having uh, flashbacks, because I'm, like, I was sick of talking about the Power Rangers, but, you know. Never dies. It Thir- just keeps on going. Thirsty Rita. Uh, thirsty, yeah, and, thirsty Rita. And that, like I said, that's the best way to get in touch with us, but we are on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, all that. But yep. uh, Discord is really kind of where we're most active. And, you know, we'll, you know, you know, I, I say join the Discord if you're a fan of the show. It's always it's always fun when people join and they're like, you know, they're they're like, oh, I started listening or that, you know, they're working through episodes and we have to I try to remember. They're like, oh, yeah, I just listened to this one. I'm like, we did that movie. You know, sometimes I forget. So it, it, it's always fun when people are kind of going through the back catalog and like bringing it up and stuff. So I feel that way when you go through the movies we've done in the years, because like this episode in particular, you said Mummy Returns. I'm like, oh, we did do Mummy Returns. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, I, and I still don't know if I got it right, but I had a big debate, and I and I, I know I could have scrolled through the episodes, but I wasn't that committed. I could not remember if we did. I know we did the first uh, Rush Hour. I could not remember if we did the second one. No. Because that came out this year, and I was, like, going back and forth, and I was like, I, I don't think we did. We didn't, no. And I wasn't there for the Rush Hour episode, but I know we didn't do the second one. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. anyways... I, th- I think we we put a good pin in this. <laughs> yep, I agree. AJ, thanks again for being here. We appreciate it. Yeah, always great to have you on. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the kind words. I appreciate your hospitality. Anytime, my friend. All right. Well, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. <laughs>